0: Great, good morning to everybody. I Can't see who's over in the back there, they're so far away. There's loads of seats here, so I'd encourage you to come. It makes me feel better when people are kind of nearer, not all those blank seats. Oh look, somebody's moving now, Lydia, well done. I love you. Oh, you're coming to sit near your husband. Okay. Well, that's also really good. Um, Great. So, morning. We're coming to the final session on uh, relationships. If you've been with us in the last few weeks, you'll know that that's what we're... I hope you know that that's what we've been talking about. And I trust you found it helpful, and that God has been speaking to you, to us as individuals, and as a church community together, that we've been encouraged and challenged and renewed in both our love for him and our love for one another. Many of you have taken the opportunity to talk to Chris over these weeks about issues and to other people as well, um, relationships in our own lives, and that offer is still open all the time. Um, You know, the, the leaders, the deacons of the church and others, the prayer ministry team, you know, people are wanting to be available if you would like to talk. And God wants us to grow in him and our relationships with one another. Can I just highlight the Restored Life's um, notice that was on the screen at the beginning? Um, This is uh, a course that will be starting on the 5th of September for people who are coming out of perhaps broken uh, relationships, broken marriage, uh, relationships have broken down. And uh, we uh, we offer this course. It's on a Monday evening for seven weeks. And um, if you are in that position, or if indeed you know other people who may be, um, as many people are, then uh, please do uh, shout up and, and contact Abbey and book, book a place to come on that. So why end this series with worship? Um, doesn't it seem a bit odd to have this worship word tucked on the end of our series on relationships? It's not the same as our relationships with our you know, friends or our kids or our spouses. Um, Worship is not a word that we use in everyday life. Well, it certainly isn't in my, in my life. Um, doesn't, um, but let's look at the dictionary definition of this. Um, I'm looking at Ben. Ben, are you gonna move these slides on for me or shall I click away? I can click away, great. I'll try and click away. Being one of them. Okay, so the, let's look at this. The verb um, to worship, um, the dictionary definition, is to show adoration and reverence. Reverence and adoration for whatever we worship. That's the verb version. And the noun might look like this. It's Sunday morning worship um, or sun worship. And so there's two different ways that we use the word in worship. Um, Of course, one leads to the other. I'm going to be suggesting our worship on Sunday is about making uh, God great and reminding uh, ourselves of how great God is and worshiping him. So I want to start off this morning by asking ourselves, what do I worship? Or um, what do I adore? Or who do I worship? It might be a thing or a person. I mean, you'd say, look, I'm sitting here in church, don't you just know that it's God that I worship? Well, let's just explore that. One way of trying to perhaps get to an honest answer on this one is to ask ourselves the question, what do I spend my life, my time, my energy and my money on? I want to just pause for a moment and give us a moment to reflect on that. What do I spend my time, my energy my money, my life, on? What do I focus on? What takes up my time and attention? Now, not many of us go around saying, I worship fitness, or I worship prestige, or I worship the feel-good factor that I get when I do well at work. Um, How about sport? How many hours have you spent watching Wimbledon this week? Actually, precious little in my case. I wish I'd had more time to watch some Wimbledon. But, you know, how, how, or if it's the cricket you like, or the football you like, or whatever. Or perhaps it's exercise in itself. Perhaps you uh, take a lot of time. Are we addicted to exercise? How about um, I worship looking good? Or or looking tanned, so I spent quite a bit of I don't I do this personally. Spend quite a bit of money on um, uh, going on overseas holidays, so I can get a nice tan. Mine was from um, Hove Beach yesterday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> it wasn't an overseas holiday. Um, I wonder how many of us worship our families again we don't go saying that we don't go around saying that but if we think about the exclusive time how much do we spend with um immediate nuclear family or our grandchildren now it i'm not saying that it's at all wrong to spend time with helping our kids helping their kids Um, but do they take up our time and our thoughts and our attention and our gift giving to the exclusion of other people or other things in our lives, or maybe it's your home. This is not a picture of my kitchen in the middle here, but um, it, it's it's your home or your garden that you worship. Of course, you'd never say that. Well, I really worship my garden, but um, you know, just getting that latest gizmo or the newest patio feature. Um, Not that caring for what God has gifted us is wrong, caring for that. But how much of your time does it take? How much money do we invest? Are we subconsciously worshipping those things, those people, those activities, those lifestyles? I have to ask myself the question. I'm not just asking you. What do we worship? Who do we adore? Another way of tackling this might be to ask our friends. If you asked your friends, what would they say dominates in our life? If you've got your Bible, you may want to turn to the reading that Anna read for us from Mark 12. Mark 12 and verse 28. And the the context to this is that the religious leaders have been grilling Jesus on various topics. And here's another one. And one of them, continuing to question Jesus, says, what is the greatest commandment? In other words, come on, Jesus, prioritise the commandments for us. And without hesitation, Jesus instantly replies, that you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. These Jewish leaders listening to this who were grilling Jesus would have known this scripture like the back of their hand. It's from Deuteronomy 6, so part of the Torah. They would have known it throughout. And the second one that Jesus said was that they love their neighbors As themselves. I wonder how many of us buy things on Amazon? You might think this is a bit of an oblique jump. (laughs) Probably lots of us, if truth be told, occasionally, or maybe a lot, buy things on Amazon, even if we don't like their business antics. It's an easy way to purchase stuff, isn't it? In fact, I should have mentioned earlier that stuff be things that we worship. Uh, Or we might worship the whole shopping or acquiring experience. Some people seem addicted to buying things. But if you want to pay extra, I'm told that you can get the ultimate Amazon experience, okay, by signing up to Amazon Prime. Now, what I've heard is that it's easy to get into and hard to get out of. Um, Okay, so there's some smiles. Um, They claim that this is the head and shoulders service above others, that you get a deluxe service. It's right to your doorstep. It's going to be the next day, blah, 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 blah. Amazon Prime. Friends, Jesus seems to be saying here in Mark that we should be signing up to worship prime kind of worship that we should serve him above all, that we should give him the deluxe service of our lives, that our love for him should be head and shoulders above our love for everything and everyone else, that we should deliver on a same day service, not a next day service. And the second thing is loving our neighbors as it follows on, as Jesus reminds those listening. But the primary relationship The prime worship should be for God alone. The prime relationship, the foremost reverence and adoration, going back to the definition, should be for God. Serving Him what He wills, ahead of, before all else, more important than everything and everyone else. Can we, can I honestly say that I love God like that? Can any of us hit that mark? Next question is, are we even trying? Are we even trying to hit that mark? Now I'm not saying, and I'm sure Jesus wasn't meaning that we don't care for our families, or our friends, our wives, our husbands, we don't care for the things he's entrusted to us. Whether that's looking after our bodies or being good stewards of all that he's given to us. But the greatest, the most important, the fundamental relationship must be, should be, worshiping God, to love him above all else. The way we live our lives, the way we relate to others, um, we should flow out of our worship for him. He being the focus, the focal point to our living. Let's look at uh, what the message says um, in Romans 12 verse one, and I'm just gonna take the first part of this. So here's what I want you to do God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. I love that. I love that it's so down to earth it's about who we are, it is our walking around, it's like you'll be in the school teaching tomorrow, you'll be you know, going to the, you know, the tip with rubbish from your spare room, whatever it is you're doing, you're walking around serving God life, that we offer it to God as our worship. And the NIV version says to offer our bodies, some of us will know that more, um, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is, this is your spiritual act of worship. We're coming back to what this worship word means. It's not these lovely songs, you know, it's part of it. This flows out of our devotion and focus on who God is. But he wants the worship of our everyday lives And this to be reflected in the way we interact and build friendships with the people around you. Look around the people now that you're sitting beside. None of you are doing that. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Roy. Look around. These are the people God says I want you to get on with. I want you to build relationships with. We've been thinking about relationships. But it flows out of our worship for God. That first and foremost, that prime relationship needs to be with God. God first. And then out of that flows our relationships with one another. Some of you are probably sitting there thinking, this is all a bit of a tall order, (laughs) This is all a bit of a tall order. Well, everything has to be secondary to my worship of God and my serving God. Remember, I am not saying it's how many hours do you spend in this building in a week. I'm not saying that. Although worshipping together is great. But in our everyday lives, God wants to have the prime place, the highest place in our affections. I don't know about you but you know when I speak these words myself I realize how far short I fall of offering that worship to God Oswald Chambers who was an old saint who preached and taught and wrote coined the phrase my utmost for his highest my utmost for his highest is that how I live is that how we live but in case you think this is all too much to ask, God, it's not reasonable. Jesus, this first commandment, Deuteronomy, can't do it. Let's consider why we should worship God with our whole hearts, okay? Friends, if you didn't get a chance a couple of weeks ago on the 18th of June to hear, be here, or to listen in to Chris uh, telling us a parable of a lost daughter. It was based on the parable of the prodigal son. Um, And it's known to many of us, even if we're quite new to the Bible, we might know that story. It's in Luke 15. Note that down if you want to go home and read it again. But Chris told the story of one coming home, home to a father who doesn't rail against us for the way that they treated their father to that daughter, but one with open arms to receive and to forgive and to bless. Friends, today... We stand as recipients of God's grace, his goodness, his love for each of us. The unseen, the eternal one, God stands waiting to receive us. And as we receive his love afresh, our heart should respond in wonder, love and praise, as the old hymn says. We're no longer judged, we're no longer condemned to live wandering as an outcast, but welcome, brought home to be part of the family. We sang in the song earlier on, and it's not a song I know well, you pledge yourself to me, that's why I sing. This is the God we have, friends, today. Go back, listen to that again, remind yourself again that this is the God, and this is why we worship because this is our God. When we know we are loved and when we're securing God's love for us, we can rejoice as the returning child to the Father. Song of Solomon, a um, uh, little verse in the Old Testament, says in chapter six and verse three, that's the child returning to the Father. Um, this verse says, I am my beloveds and my beloved." is mine. What better way to phrase the relationship we have when we know Jesus? We belong to him and he gives himself, as he ultimately did on the cross, David reminded us earlier, and as he reaches out to us and responds to our cries, we are his and he is ours. We're secure in his eternal love for us. Isn't that the biggest reason to worship him? I just think it's phenomenal to give ourselves back to him in response to his amazing love for us. And the second reason um, is that we respond to God's love by becoming who he wants us to be in relationship with one another. I quote... Uh, from Harvey Amelman. He was a neurosurgeon, uh, a Jewish neurosurgeon in the States. And he said, what we worship determines what we become. So you see the fundamental link here between our worship of God and we worship him because of who he is and all that he does in receiving us. And then the link between us becoming who he wants us to be in relationship with one another we, when we know how much he loves us and we worship him, then we can begin to fulfill the second commandment, to love our neighbours as ourselves. When we're securing God's love and giving ourselves in worship to God, then we're no longer driven by what can I get out of this relationship? Do I feel good about this relationship? By our own needs for affirmation and acceptance. If we're honest, guys, let's face it, you know, we hang out with people that really make us feel better about ourselves very often, don't we? But we're no longer driven by that when we come and experience God's love in our lives. Because first and foremost, we know that we're loved and accepted by God. Isn't that amazing? We no longer need to live in fear. We don't need to live trying to prove who we are to other people around us. I am my beloved's and he is mine. Hear that this morning. When we're safe in that, we can begin to give ourselves away in relationships to others, as Christ did in his sacrificial love for us. We don't need to be fearful that others won't accept us if they really knew what we were like. Do you know how many of us go around wearing that label? We, we have that tape playing in our head if they really knew what I was like, they wouldn't accept me. They wouldn't love me. Friends, God is the God who accepts. It's not our place to condemn or to judge. God is the judge. He knows all that. We are freed from worrying about that when we worship and obey Christ, first of all, in our lives. So. I I love that um, phrase from the uh, Anglican communion service, which says that he that he, he knows the innermost secrets of our hearts. God knows it all, and yet amazingly, still reaches out in love to us and wants us to come in worship and in obedience to him. We've learned a lot about people through this series, people who live very different lives from our own, Who have different family circumstances um, who live alone perhaps they're bereaved widowed single the person struggling with their sense of identity or orientation friends as the father reaches out to embrace us when we come home to him so god commands us to love in the same way quite a challenge isn't it it's a huge ask and yet he enables us to do it as we trust in him As we share the close relationship with the Father because of his acceptance and forgiveness for us, so we're called to embrace those around, the lonely, the ones who feel they don't fit or belong. Maybe that's you this morning sitting here. Those who need close friends intimacy sharing hearts and lives together we've heard through this series haven't we i think of kathy talking about singleness we've talked about people who are struggling because what they long for is intimacy in their lives friends you know we are the people who need to be providing this there's a great book um, i don't know if i've mentioned this before um, the gospel comes with a house key It's by a woman called Rosaria Butterfield, an American who's written this book. And it's available for me to loan to somebody that would like to read it. Um, It's a great book. It's a challenging book. um, But if we're serious about loving others, then it means opening up our lives to them. And if we're serious about the serious about relationships we've just been through, then there should be a bun fight for getting this at the end. I'm going to leave it here. But I encourage you to read it um, and to have a look. The gospel comes with a house key. And as we heard about lonely, widowed, divorced, singles, people struggling with their sexual identity, what we all need is people to share our lives with and to share community. God is a God who, in Genesis 1, said, let us make... People, human beings in our own image. That was community. That's not a single God. That is God in community together, Father, Son and Spirit. And he invites us to enjoy relationship with him, made like him. We're to include others, share our lives, extend a welcome, go the extra mile, go over to that person at coffee, the person that's still sitting in the seat, sitting by their own. Now, sometimes people just want space, but let's not excuse ourselves, because we can't be bothered. We're called to reach out to others. Friends, our worship of God is the key relationship that puts us back together that roots us in the forgiving love of God. And out of that, we can share in more meaningful, more caring, more giving relationships within and outside of the body of Christ than we ever thought possible by God's help. You know, some of us might be thinking, well, I'm a grumpy old curmudgeon, they all know that, and they all know I'm quiet and it's too much effort and um, I'm happy with my family and my circle. Friends, that's not an option when we follow Jesus. The first commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and soul and strength. And the second is to love our neighbors as ourselves. You get the link between worship and the relationship series that we've been looking at. You know, sometimes um, we're all too guilty of protecting our personal space and time. We worship our own views of what we think we need. Let's just think about who we're worshiping when we're saying that, what we need, what we think we need. Who's who's number one there? Who's prime importance? God calls us to worship him, to love him first and foremost, to give him all that's due to him, to celebrate his loving acceptance of us as redeemed, free, loved, healed, and then we can give ourselves in relationships with one another. The extravagant love that we have tasted of, friends, let's not forget how amazing it is, is the key to the extravagant worship God is longing for us to give to him wholly, and then to give away to others. Let's start by opening up to God, to receiving his love, to responding to his love for us in worship. The letter of John Alex read to us reminds us that we love because he first loved us. We are responding to his great love initiative. And in so doing that, we're learning to love one another as Christ does. You know, not, not that we do, any of us do it anywhere near perfectly, okay? Let's not beat ourselves up for being human because those you know many of us have experienced broken relationships with god with others we live with scars friends we live with scars and yet we come together as god's people in relationship with him and with one another and the call for us is to open up our lives, those broken being healed being put back together our lives our hearts to receive the love of christ and out of that place of love and worship for God, we can be restored in fellowship with one another. We're gonna take a moment to be quiet. I've asked quite a number of questions. This is a challenge to my heart this morning, our hearts. Be quiet for a moment then I'll lead us in a prayer. We sit in silence, Lord, before you and we confess that we need you. Our need is for you. We confess that often we have put other things or other people center stage in our life. We put ourselves center stage, our desire for our own personal Privacy, space, time, to look after number one. We confess that before you, Lord God, today. And we pray that you would help us to give you the prime place in our lives. And that you would help us to worship you with our lives this week. And that as you transform us as we worship so we become more of who you want us to be that we in turn can reach out and love other people as you have loved us god thank you that we don't need to beat ourselves up about this but we're on a journey of knowing you and loving you Serving you, we ask for your help, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.